Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have... We have Anton Anen. Yes. And if we're a little subdued, it's because, wow, y'all, this interview is emotional and it is impactful. It is so amazing. Anton is living in Ukraine. He lives in Kiev and he is, um, he's a writer. He's he's a writer. writer. Yeah. But he's taken like this documentarian look at the first, I think like first months of the war and he's, mm-hmm. it's basically a war diary. Mm-hmm. And um, so we talked to him about that and yeah. just really good. And we also talked about his nonfiction, but right. just, right. it was really a good interview. Yeah. He and his family, I mean, he, he has a little boy and they live, they still live in the capital and they, um, yeah. I mean, when we interviewed him, he didn't have electricity. He was working on a backup generator. So um, it's, it's really it's great. It's a great interview. Yeah. He had some really interesting things to say about like writing, like during difficult times and using his creativity sort of as a outlet for some of the things that are going on. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. And then we talked about like how you can help, you know, if you're interested in helping Ukraine. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And good. yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk to him. Okay, his book is called The Thin Blue Yellow Line Between Love and Hate. Yes. So that's yes. the nonfiction book. And then he has a whole bunch of uh, sci-fi and mm-hmm. other projects going on as well. And translations, we talked about that too. So we yeah. could be a lot. Yeah, it's really interesting. He writes in Russian and then has his books translated to English. So yeah, it's yeah. really amazing. So what's been going on with you this week? Um, I'm doing, I learned that when you do a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you need to allow a little time for uh customer service follow-up after everything goes out. Cause oh, okay. everything is out. It's all good. Everything's all good, but there's just a lot of questions and, and yeah. people are really excited to receive the book and they really liked it. So that's awesome. So, yeah, it was good. It's going well and glad I did it. So I'm still yeah. working on that, doing a little writing this yeah. week on a fiction, getting back to fiction a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like right before Christmas. And so I was like, wow, just put yeah. in a couple of days here. And then you know how it is in the holidays. It's a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so a little writing, little customer service work for me. And that's right. about it. Right. Yeah. Oh, and we did have an event in our family. One of our kids graduated. Yes. Got a a degree, a master's degree. So we're, that was a fun, fun week. I bet it was. I bet it was. Good to good to have that done. Yes, and off the books. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're we're as happy as our kids are. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. That's yeah. awesome. That's so, great. what about you? What are you doing this week? Uh, well, I came to Alexa's house, my my daughter in Dallas, um, last Thursday to help. Uh, they had an a Christmas party thing. And I was coming up on the weekend anyway. So I just came thirsty and stayed with the kids while they went and did that. And then this big thing, this big Christmas thing that Alexa had planned for me and my mom, uh, my mom got the flu. So didn't get to go, but, um, 
Alexis' husband went and we had dinner and went to the Arboretum. And then she surprised me with a carriage ride through uh, Highland Park here in Dallas, Mm -hmm. which is all lit up and it was beautiful. It was so fun. Uh, But then, you know, when you're with Alexa, you just never know what's going to happen. And she edits this, so she's going to hear this, but (laughs) she is, that girl's a hustler, let me tell you. And so we are now uh, making Chex Mix and fudge for the public and we're selling it and like it we got a few orders and we we're like oh this i was thinking oh this is great you know we'll do it you know just something fun to do together well then people started posting about it and now we have so many orders now you have an assembly line and i'm like is the health department going to shut us down i mean what are we doing we're just doing it for fun and anyway um but that yeah it'll be super it's been fun and uh then on friday night uh my sister that passed away Joni, um she was we all played basketball um all my sisters and uh her basketball team was one of the what was the first to go to the state playoffs mm-hmm. um you know back in the day and so on friday night the basketball team in our hometown the girls basketball team is dedicating the season to her and mm-hmm. so my family we're all going for the ceremony because mm-hmm. it's a whole thing mm-hmm. and uh so we're I'm just, I'm staying up here because, you know, my family lives close to here and um, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And I don't know, I've got to go home. It's almost <laughs> Christmas and but I've still got to fulfill these orders. So I don't know. I may be. So you're going to be making fudge up until Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh anyway that's what's going on but yeah so this is our episode before christmas so if you uh celebrate christmas merry christmas yes merry christmas holidays yes happy whatever you celebrate we wish you the most happy time merriest time yes with your family (laughs) and um yeah so we hope you enjoy this interview it's really really special yes so here is anton Today, we're really excited to have Anton Ina here. Uh, Anton, welcome. Hello. We are so happy you're here. We're happy to talk to you about you and your book and your writing experiences. So let me read your bio and then we'll get right into the questions. Anton is a modern sci-fi and techno-fantasy author from Kiev, Ukraine. He has published techno-fantasy series, a sci-fi short series collection, Humankind, and the superhero series, May City Stories. He also publishes a nonfiction book, The Thin Blue Yellow Line Between Love and Hate, his personal diary sharing stories of other people in the middle of the war in Ukraine. After building his successful career in marketing, he let his creativity write fantastic fiction books to actualize numerous ideas he has had in his mind for years. Anton is passionate about food and some drinks, of course, photography, mm-hmm. animals, especially wild cats and rock music. He likes embedding these hobbies into the fantastic canvas of his writings and into sharing the passion with his readers. So welcome. Yes. Love that. Love that. So first of all, let's just ask, where are you and are you safe? And I know like right now you do not have electricity. Yes. I'm currently in uh, Kiev uh, at home. 
Uh, it's a difficult question to say if we are safe. Mm -hmm. uh, we are in the middle of the war. Uh, mm -hmm. The war zone is not here in Kiev. Uh, it was uh, before in the, in winter and uh, the beginning of the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, currently, we have uh, often uh, cruise missile attacks uh, and uh, Iranian uh, Shahed drones attacks on our infrastructure. And uh, often they uh, uh, target to just residential houses. Yeah. So we see them, uh, we see our air uh, anti-air defense uh, shooting them down just in front of our windows mm. very often because we live on the uh, side of the city and um, we see what's happening uh, near Kyiv. Mm -hmm. And we see them uh, shooting down the missiles and drones and the missiles flying uh, by. Uh, just this morning uh, there was attack. Uh, today we, we did not see anything flying nearby, just uh, hear the roars of uh, uh, anti-air force, um, I don't know, missiles probably. Mm -hmm. God bless uh, so you. It, so it's sorry. difficult to say safe. Uh, uh, our son was uh, had breakfast this morning before going to the uh, kindergarten. Kindergarten mm -hmm. was closed because of the uh, uh, air raid sirens. And uh, when we heard uh, the roars of the uh, air defense, uh, we sent him immediately to the safer zone mm -hmm. uh, between the concrete pillars uh, that we have next to uh, entrance uh, of our apartment. Mm -hmm. And uh, he continued his breakfast uh, there. Mm -hmm. um, we used to live uh, in this uh, uh, under this threat uh, since February. Right. Um, it's relatively safe, uh, but uh, every day we have a risk that some missile or drone can get right here. Right. Yeah. And because of that, we have uh, uh, blackouts. Uh, we do not. We, uh, we have several hours a day uh, of electricity, and without that, uh, we have no water supply, uh, no mm -hmm. heating, and no internet connection and uh, mobile connection as well. Yeah. So to Thank have this you for being uh, here. I can't even imagine, and we are so appreciative that you've taken the time and the effort to be here with us. I know people are going to really, really uh, want to hear your story so thank you very it's, much it's also a pleasure and honor for me because uh, writing this book about the war in ukraine is kind of mission for me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. um, three days uh, after the beginning of war i was still in shock i, mm -hmm. I mentioned a lot in my book uh, elizabeth kubler ross uh, stages of uh, accepting uh, bad news Mm -hmm. And I was still in the first uh, stage, denial. And uh, after three days, uh, I read a little poetry by a uh, fellow author, uh, Jenny Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a little uh, uh, poem, uh, Slava Ukraini, which was dedicated to fragility of children uh, during the war. Mm -hmm. And I was so much impressed uh, that I realized that uh, I have to uh, put aside all my writings, put aside all my fears uh, and uh, anything else and uh, write a book about uh, war in Ukraine, but not about the war itself, but about the feelings of uh, people in the middle of the war. 
feelings of parents who are scared about their children, unable to protect them, and the reaction of children. At that time, I did not know what what would it be, uh, how will it look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only the book, but also the events. We didn't know right. what to expect. We we were uh, afraid that Kiev will be taken in several days because uh, they were approaching very fast and they were already very close to Kiev, to our uh, house. Uh, and uh, it was very dangerous situation, balancing uh, uh, on the edge. And uh, I didn't know what would be this book about. I was just chronicling uh, the events uh, um, first chaotically and mm-hmm. then slowly uh, more chronologically in form of the diary uh, inter- we interviewed uh, some my wife helped me to interview mm-hmm. uh, other people uh, our friends relatives acquaintances and someone's uh, who we were able to reach uh, someone connected us with other people from other cities so we uh, got the um, regular updates from them if they had connection because many of them did not have uh, any mobile connection and were unable to uh, even to send us sms or any text message uh, that they are okay so we are interviewing interviewing them uh, updating the status and i was writing about it in my uh, book uh, and then it turned into daily diary of current events, news happening around, uh, what happened to people I told uh, in the previous mm-hmm. chapters. And uh, I didn't know what, when I should I finish this book. Mm-hmm. We were hoping that the war might end in two weeks or right. something else would happen. They kill Putin uh, in his bunker uh, or they will have a revolution in Russia. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the war was going on and going on and uh, the book was growing and at a certain moment I realized I need to find some point where to stop it. Mm-hmm. Not with the full stop, but maybe, uh, how do you call it, three dots? Uh, it's, yes, uh, three oh, dots. Uh, ellipsis. ellipsis. Yeah. 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 ellipsis yeah. 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 Uh, maybe with kind of ellipsis, uh, not to be continued, but uh, with certain with uncertainty of the future, which is a very fair uh, feeling about the situation. And I found out that uh, for me, uh, that point was about 100 days of the war, Mm -hmm. uh, when we decided to return back to Kiev uh, from Lviv, where we spent uh, three months, uh, first three months of war. We spent first couple of weeks in Kiev, then moved to Lviv, and uh, in west, western Ukraine, and then when we decided that uh, we are coming back home, it was the turning point in my story, and uh, I knew where would I stop. Yeah. Well, Go ahead, Sarah. I think let's talk about the nonfiction book first, and then maybe mm-hmm. we'll go into some of the other questions. Yeah, because I, I don't. I want to stay on this. Yeah. Yeah. So, talk. I mean. It's a very compelling, I've, I've read part of it, it's very compelling, and it's very, like, your firsthand account. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to us about how you have, like, channeled your creativity into this project, and and was it a change, like, from writing, normally you write fiction, 
Was it a change to write nonfiction? And how did you handle that? It was very difficult uh, because I used to write um, fiction mostly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also some uh, uh, poetry and songs, but uh, it's all fiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fiction, you have so many tools, uh, so many ways to tell your story and uh, to build the character arc. And uh, you have all the freedom mm-hmm. in the world. Right. Uh, it always depends on the story, but uh, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. In the nonfiction, uh, I found out that I'm closed in the uh, very serious boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot imagine something uh, happening. I have to um, capture the current events and current feelings. Right. And I even advised to my fellow authors uh, what what do they think about the creative ways of uh, uh, doing this? Do they uh, have any ideas of the tools of the uh, story building uh, to make it more interesting, appealing, and uh, I know it was my first experience, uh, mm-hmm. and I needed uh, any advice. But at the same time, I have found a lot of freedom in it because mm-hmm. in my fiction uh, books uh, there are characters that are speaking, mm-hmm. and I cannot put all my feelings, all my thoughts uh, and beliefs uh, in the uh, lips because uh, they are not me. Right. They have their own views, uh, their own voices, and uh, their own situations. I can put a bit of myself, but uh, just a bit. And here, first time, I was able to talk uh, to my readers and to tell them whatever I want, mm-hmm. whatever I feel, mm-hmm. uh, using any language I believe is appropriate for this book. Uh, with the normal portion of uh, swearings because they were very much justified by what was going on. And I Mm -hmm. have a special chapter explaining how our language changed during the time of war Mm -hmm. and how it affected children. uh, And uh, it was very interesting uh, by itself, Mm -hmm. interesting topic. But uh, I found that this freedom was very much... uh, um, inspiring uh, mm-hmm. because I was able to talk directly to readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me, as yeah. uh, author Anton Eine, not my characters, not uh, some fictional uh, people, but me and mm-hmm. other people uh, whom I interviewed. And uh, th- this experience is uh, at the same time very much bounding and uh, giving freedom. It's that's, interesting. Yeah, but that's I, beautiful. I realized that I don't want to write any other book of this kind because it's very hard and traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be very emotionally draining, I think. I prefer my fiction than uh, than (laughs) this. It's a a job, it's a mission, it's my duty to do Mm -hmm. it because I can. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of this war Mm -hmm. and I'm able to write something that uh, other people would... uh, understand, uh, feel, uh, and be- become uh, empathetic. Uh, and uh, I'm able to share feelings of uh, my countrymen, uh, but I don't want this experience uh, anymore. Yeah, sometimes the truth is really hard to tell, you know, and um, I know that I've 
uh, thought of that recently with some of the things that have gone on with me and my life and trying to tell the truth about a, a real life event is super, super hard. And I just applaud you so much. Um, Tell us, kind of explain to us the title. Um, I mean, I get the yellow, blue. That's the those are the national colors of the flag of of Ukraine. But but the thin blue yellow line between love and hate. Uh, how did you come up with the title? Um, there, there were a lot of uh, uh, things uh, before that. Uh, uh, before I, I first I started writing, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not titled, and uh, uh, one friend of mine has posted an article uh, about thin blue-yellow line that is defending uh, the world from uh, uh, Russian barbarians. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, it was a nice article, and uh, the symbol that he used was interesting. He used it in different context, that mm-hmm. currently Ukraine is uh, uh, in the fight between civilized world and um, Russian mm-hmm. dictatorship uh, and Nazi regime. And uh, I realized that this uh, blue-yellow line is a nice symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, also the thin blue line in uh, uh, English culture is uh, the line of uh, policemen uh, mm-hmm. protecting the order from the crime. Mm-hmm. So uh, my translator advised me not to go for blue yellow rather than yellow blue because it will better remain uh, remind <laughs> people uh, uh, that concept. And uh, between love and hate, because uh, it's something that uh, we experience both of these states at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's love to uh, our nears and dears, and it's hate to our enemies. And uh, every day uh, we change these emotions, and uh, this is like contrast shower. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, something that changing very fast, and uh, we feel it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I uh, give a lot of examples of uh, love, support, care, mm-hmm. and uh, rage, hatred uh, uh, for many people, and. Uh, I try to give uh, different explanations, different angles, uh, and different situations that explain this uh, title uh, within the book, throughout all the book, and uh, uh, different senses uh, put inside of it. So you mentioned your translator there. So Mm -hmm. is the book, did you write it in English, or did you write it and have it translated into English? Or are there multiple uh, versions? My native language is Russian. I am mm-hmm. pretty good uh, and fluent with Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And I was going to translate into Ukrainian myself. But uh, at a certain moment, I realized that there are a lot of people uh, here or maybe someone who is a refugee in uh, other countries uh, who badly need work mm-hmm. uh, and cannot find it uh, during the war time. And maybe uh, it will be um, good to give them some job uh, and they helped me translate it much faster than I would do, mm-hmm. because I, uh, at the same time, I have to do a lot of other things uh, with this book to prepare the launch campaign. Uh, so I uh, gave uh, translation to Ukrainian to outsource, and I'm happy that I went uh, there because uh, the translator did it brilliantly, and I was just editing it. That's great. And uh, 
in English, uh, I um, also uh, asked my translator, uh, with whom we work on some other books, uh, to help me with translation of this one. And uh, he did it brilliantly. And uh, I know that it was very hard uh, job this time because the book is uh, pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did it brilliantly. Uh, it was difficult to work with the poetry because of mm -hmm. the difference in uh, mm -hmm. uh, some language uh, emphasis and uh, you know, right. different language structure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think what we did uh, at the end was uh, nice enough. And we mm -hmm. decided with him that it was a nice rehearsal for the next book uh, in which I have a lot of song lyrics. And uh, <laughs> we found out some framework uh, for the uh, next uh, cooperation. That's great. That's great. So when you write your, your fiction books, do you write them in Russian and then have yes. them translated to, to English? Yes. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. This, so you this actually this? puts me in much more uh, difficult situation than uh, native English-speaking mm -hmm. uh, writers because uh, translation of each book is mm -hmm. a significant investment. Yeah. Any marketing yeah. investment is nothing compared to the <laughs> translation. It's like right. buying yeah. a new car. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, I have recently started translations and completely agree that they're they're very expensive and time consuming. Yeah. I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. I the, thought you sent them off and then you got them back, but mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't work that way. Right. There's a lot more collaboration. English translation took me one full working month. Uh, uh, checking, editing, and uh, uh, revising the translation. One mm -hmm. full working month. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. 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 Well, talk to us about your cover for the book and for your, do you outsource your covers and, and how did the cover come about for your nonfiction book? Well, this one, uh, first I did the concept. I, I was sure I would do myself a nice cover and I did the concept. It was nice. And I sent it to my uh, friend, uh, who is one of the best creatives in Ukraine and mm -hmm. uh, asked him what uh, what was he thinking about it. And he came out with totally different concept. It was a very polite answer, uh, uh, meaning uh, he considered my uh, uh, my artwork as uh, crap. And uh, sent me a different, very different version. But it was uh, interesting in terms of the font solution and uh, uh, some modern laconic uh, style mm -hmm. and uh, i decided to make something uh, combined of some best ideas he sent me and mm -hmm. uh, best mm -hmm. ideas i had yeah. i added this uh, line of the flag and uh, mm -hmm. changed it and i think it's uh, quite quite good now for for this genre uh, but for my fiction i uh, go to the professional designers now and uh, I, mm -hmm. During the war, uh, I was uh, releasing uh, another fictional book, uh, and uh, I wanted to find the, some local designers uh, mm -hmm. who would do this, also to give them the job. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of designers because my background is marketing. I was working in uh, big uh, international companies at senior positions, uh, working in many countries. So I know a lot of agencies and designers, but they are not, they're specializing on the 
consumer goods and uh, industrial mm-hmm. design, whatever, but not books. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, book yeah. covers is very special area, and uh, I I wondered if there are some Ukrainian designers I can uh, work with. And suddenly I found in uh, Mark Dawson's uh, newsletter, I found uh, news about Mibel Art, who are from Ukraine, mm-hmm. and they donate uh, their earnings to Ukrainian army, and I immediately contacted them, <laughs> uh, and uh, since then I'm working on some new uh, new covers with them, and I'm happy with this cooperation. Right. They are great creatives, and also I'm happy that... Uh, uh, I'm able to work with some my countrymen uh, and right. that they support uh, Ukrainian army from uh, their earnings. And altogether, it's a great win-win for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love that. I love that you um, used other Ukrainians that were refugees that, for your translations or, or, I mean, that you're thinking that way. That's just... Well, it's beautiful, and and frankly, I'm just so impressed and and so um, moved by your story. And I wanted I wanted to talk to you about writing anything, frankly, during very difficult times. Um, and our listeners will know why I'm asking this because I just cannot imagine. I mean, I've recently lost my sister, and. It's just been very difficult for me to get in a headspace of being creative at all. And um, I, I'm just curious how you've managed to do that. Uh, I will be very open. It's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, I think I have kind of PTSD and I cannot focus on my next writings uh, mm-hmm. because I don't feel that inspired. I have yeah. some... In nice ideas. I render some dialogues and scenes for my books, but then I will uh, sit and systematically work on it. First, I'm still in the middle of the launch of this book, and I have too many things to do. Right. But uh, it's difficult to write about something else when you're in the middle of the war. Right. Yeah. But when writing this book, I was very much focused. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I knew I have to do it because it's a momentum. It's it's a state of mind when you uh, have to seize the day because the next day something else happens. Mm -hmm. Or you don't know if the missile uh, or drone comes here and ruins everything. I I was dedicated to uh, finish it as soon as possible, to translate as soon as possible, and uh, to upload to Amazon uh, to be sure that uh, whatever happens, the book is there. Right. And uh, it was serious dedication, quite stressful mm-hmm. uh, I was writing days and nice nights um, I ignored my job and uh, whatever I was doing for living uh, just to focus on this book mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time I found that it allows me to uh, to get rid of some pain inside because mm-hmm. when you do not keep it inside and put it on the pages of your book uh, you have, uh, I don't know how to uh, express it. It's like there is a uh, something aching uh, deep inside, and then you let it go, mm-hmm. and uh, you have some relief. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. S- still, it was uh, very much traumatizing uh, to work with these topics, and uh, usually in the evening, uh, I was uh, giving my new chapter to read to my wife. And sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when it, there were news about Bucha, 
and I was uh, writing one of the most difficult uh, chapters. I asked her in the evening if she was uh, if she wanted to read uh, what was ready so far, and she said not tonight because I'm not sure I would be able to sleep. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After that, and uh, um, it's a di- difficult topic to work on, uh, but working on it helped me to uh, to keep stronger uh, during these uh, hard times. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm sure it feel made you feel not so helpless because I can imagine in the situation you're in, you feel kind of helpless because you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen, but this is your contribution to, to the world and the people of Ukraine to tell their story. And I feel like that's just so important. I agree. but I cannot say that we are helpless because uh, even when we, there are a lot of people who uh, volunteer and, uh, Mm -hmm do a lot uh, to help uh, army good, uh, good help other refugees mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people uh, donate everything they can to mm-hmm. uh, army to refugees mm-hmm. to whatever they believe is the best um, destination for mm-hmm. their donations mm-hmm. and uh, for drones uh, for um, furnaces for our soldiers for equipment uh, sometimes for weapons mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. medicine uh, a lot of things, and uh, it makes people uh, feel less helpless That's and right. uh, uh, more useful. And mm-hmm. uh, but I would think I would say that rather we feel uh, vulnerable and uncertain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not instead of helpless. Not helpless. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. That's a we better, can, much we better word. Do a yeah. lot of things to, to help this victory to happen, uh, but. To, we are still vulnerable because missiles is something that you cannot, it's beyond your control. And uh, oh, yeah. you cannot protect from the missiles, only go to bomb shelters. But you cannot mm-hmm. live in the bomb shelters when yeah. the air raid sirens are long and very often. Mm-hmm. And especially now when uh, there are a lot of blackouts and uh, yeah. winter came again and uh, mm-hmm. uh, bomb shelters are cold enough uh, because often they are just... Uh, parking lots, underground parking lots, mm-hmm. or something yeah. like this. We do not have some special bomb shelters or yeah. uh, underground stations. Right. Well, on that topic, if somebody wants to help, mm-hmm. do you have any recommendations? Like, I know purchasing your book would be oh, a thing they could do. Is uh, there, like, any organizations that you would also point to? The, I would advise uh, United24. It's uh, okay. our governmental portal uh, that is uh, combining uh, different donations from all around the world officially, transparently. They mm-hmm. report every week uh, on all the donations they received and uh, uh, spent for different projects. And they have different destinations, like if you want mm-hmm. to donate for army, for mm-hmm. refugees, for medicines, uh, whatever. Uh I believe this is the okay, best uh, destination for all the donations. And buying my book, uh, oh yes, I, I also donate what, whatever I earn from it and much more. Donate uh, mostly to support people, uh, but also army. We recently donated for these naval drones that uh, then hit Russian uh, warships in the Black Sea. Uh, a lot of things, but... Uh, 
I think if people want to help, uh, the best destination is uh, official governmental uh, portal for donations. It's convenient. It's uh, okay. That's and the great. money goes right to where it's needed. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to just switch topics just a little bit, just so that we can hit some of our normal questions because I know people are interested in you. As a writer, too. So can you tell us how you got into writing? It's difficult because I, I do not have any moment I said, wow, I want to be a writer. <laughs> I want to write books. Uh, I was writing since my childhood, probably oh, a teenage wow. time. I was writing some uh, poetry, mm-hmm. which currently I cannot consider something serious of course mm-hmm. i was writing some songs when i was uh, a bit older and uh, then i was i had several attempts to write some prose but it that was nothing serious and i never finished anything because it was just i got idea i tried to write it i don't know what for yeah and then something changed uh, in the early 2000s when i found the idea of a book about uh, Christ's second coming in mm-hmm. our days, in modern world, and I decided to make it mission impossible for him, and uh, <laughs> to see how he would uh, how he would deal with that. <laughs> and this is my work in progress uh, yet, and uh, it turned to be a four uh, four book series. Wow! Uh, I have two of them ready, and next two uh, half ready. Mm-hmm. At the moment that I prepare the uh, the first two for translation, do the cover uh, cover arts uh, with Mabel Art, and uh, uh, this is for me the major project I dedicate myself to. And uh, uh, at that time, I just realized that this is something I want to spend time for, uh, and I want to to finish this story because it was something very important, much more important than me. And I really believe that this book can change the world, Mm -hmm. uh, I hope. It's not a religious book, uh, uh, although, and I'm not religious at all, Mm -hmm. but uh, since this book is about Jesus, uh, it cannot be absolutely Mm non-religious. And uh, then in 2018, uh, my son was born, and I was not able to focus uh, on uh, such a serious uh, epic writing. And uh, But my brain was still generating some ideas and thoughts. And uh, I found out that uh, I was able to write short stories not related mm-hmm. to this book. Mm-hmm. And I started writing a lot of short stories. And then uh, some of them grew to something uh, bigger, to some new novels and series. And uh, then the war came, and uh, I switched to the nonfiction. And currently, uh, I plan to uh, work further on this uh, series about uh, Jesus. Uh, so this is the evolution of my writing. <laughs> mm, that's wonderful. That. I love well, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, throughout your writing career, what has been the biggest surprise to you? What has been the most unexpected thing? I can't say I had some major surprises. Um, nothing special <laughs> I would mention about. Um, okay, well just, then. Yeah, I mean, ahead, I just think that 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 idea for story, to me, is so 
fantastical and um, amazing that I just, I mean, that's just. Which, which one? The, the story, the Jesus books. Ah, I but, just but think. I did tell you the, uh, the uh, major uh, problem. Uh, he, it's, uh, the book is called I, Jesus, Rockstar. <laughs> and he finds out that something went wrong and he he is in the mortal body of uh, world famous uh, rock star who has dedicated all his life <laughs> fighting uh, organized the religion and the catholic church in particular oh my god and uh, moreover jesus finds that he he doesn't have any of his divine superpowers he is just mm. mortal mm. and the the worst mortal he could imagine for that because uh, in that body uh, people would perceive him wrongly and uh, he would he would not be able to complete his mission to save the world that's amazing mm. that's, that's a amazing. great setup yeah that's a great setup i think people will be interested in that uh so what's been the hardest thing and been the best thing about writing for you uh, the hardest thing uh, so far was uh, working on this uh, uh, documentary book. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the best thing, uh, I think it's ability to uh, share feelings with people, with other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And when you get the feedback from them and when you uh, receive their letters and uh, see, your, see their reviews uh, with their feelings, you understand that this is uh, uh, what is worth uh, writing for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to share feelings and to get back uh, feelings of other people uh, Mm -hmm. writing is not for money not for fame Mm -hmm. but for those feelings it's i think as my book is about um, rock uh, performers Mm -hmm. i have a lot uh, there about uh, musicians musicians Mm -hmm. feel the same when they go to the stage Mm-hmm. during their performance and they feel reaction of the audience mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very comparable uh different uh, um, interaction but very comparable uh thing mm-hmm. Th- that's right. why they go to the stage right to feel right. that energy of the audience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well can you tell us like what do you think has been the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success we always like to ask people like looking back do they have any any tips or ideas that could help people um, in their writing career? Um, I don't know what is the best thing, but I think uh, during my uh, years of writing, I found out that the uh, best principle I used and uh, uh, followed always uh, appeared to be the very right, is to always be true to myself Mm. and never betray Mm. my own beliefs and uh, my own ideology, uh, whatever characters I use in my books, uh, I always want to be true to myself and uh, my standards. Right, right. Well, and I'm sure that that comes through in your nonfiction book uh, as well. And before we end, though, is there just anything else you want to tell us or tell the world not that we go out to the world, but I mean, we, we have a lot of listeners, but what do you want our listeners to know about you and the Ukrainian people and what just anything we can do to help is, you know, we want to know. I think uh, we, during this uh, period, we learned very important thing uh, that uh, the most precious thing in the world is peace. Mm. It's very fragile. And uh, uh, 
I recall this song of uh, Finnish rock band, uh, Poets of the Fall. They uh, sing about uh, how fragile the peace is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suddenly just recall those lines. And it's true. Peace is something very precious and fragile. And uh, I think we, we, we do not appreciate it that much uh, before mm-hmm. we lose it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, all the people in the world uh, should remember it because... Uh, you never know when something happens and our peace is uh, taken away. Mm-hmm. And I wish uh, peace and love to all the good people in the world. <laughs> Thank you. That's just, that's great. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so emotional right now. I just, <laughs> I just love your story. I think it's amazing. I can't wait to read the book. Um, yeah. So tell people where they can find you and find out about the book and all of that stuff. Thank you very much. Where can they find you? Uh, your website? Do you have a website? Do yes. Have- uh, in my book, I have a website. It's antoneine.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. If you Google me, uh, Google my name, you will easily find uh, all my social uh, media. Mm-hmm. And uh, on my website, I have all the links uh, necessary uh, to find uh, other platforms. Mm-hmm. And um, in my books, I also have, uh, in the end, all my social coordinates and uh, um, anything to find me. Okay, okay perfect. Thank well, you so much. Yes, thank you for being here. We'll have all those notes in the, all those links in the show notes. And um, you can find those at wishidknownthenpodcast.com. Yeah. And thanks to Alex Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing all the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.